Welcome to the Red Rain Podcast. Here is your host from SB Nation's Revenge of the Birds, Walter Mitchell. Thank you, Kyle Ledbetter. Today we have uh, Kyle Odegaard back. Um, his last uh, uh, podcast for Red Rain is was the most popular and still is, um, and world. Um, so we're really delighted to have him back. And of course, uh, he's gonna gonna tell us about his impressions of the Cardinals Week One. But first, I'd like to ask Kyle. Um, now that he's the editor of Compare.bet, how week one went for him with Compare.bet. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Walter. Appreciate it again. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the NFL more of an overall scope now. For eight years, I just focused on the Cardinals, so it's definitely a little bit different, but it's kind of fun seeing which teams are playing well, which teams are struggling, um, the, the contenders, and obviously the teams that are already looking like they're going to be in the uh, running for the number one overall pick in the draft, but uh, it, it's it's cool and yeah, really uh, really enjoying the new job. So it's fun to it, you know. Regardless of whether I was watching the NFL league wide or not, I mean, I think the Cardinals were one of those teams among the thirty-two that really stood out. Yes, and um, so w- take us through what your game day was like. How many games were you watching, and were you on like the Red Zone channel, or or what were you doing? Yeah, so usually I was obviously at Cardinals games all the time. So this time I kind of set it up at home where I had – I watched the whole Cardinals game on the, the TV, and then I also did a little red zone on my on my laptop on YouTube TV. So I had the, the dual monitor set up trying to keep <laughs> track of, of things and then going through box scores and stuff and looking at stats afterwards. Obviously you can't watch everything when it's live. But, right. you know, I, I think um, – you know, being a stats guy, there are certain things that I look at in games and kind of quickly look at them and make sure that a team didn't win and just kind of fluky and realize which teams play really well and, and which teams maybe got lucky to get their victories. But overall, just trying to get a sense of what happened around the league in week one. Well, those are busy days, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a setup. That's awesome. That's every fan setup, man. Having the red zone on, on the laptop and the <laughs> right. game you love on the main TV. So, so um, let's hear your impressions about the Cardinals' stunning thirty-eight to thirteen win at Tennessee. Yeah, I, I thought it was an absolutely fantastic performance. If you're a Cardinals fan, I don't think you could have asked for anything more in that game. To me, the thing that stood out the most was the defensive line overall. I mean, obviously Chandler Jones was an absolute monster in that game and deserves all the plaudits that he got. But I also thought J.J. Watt played well. I think Corey Peters played really well. Marcus Golden didn't have huge numbers, but he's a guy that's always going to give you effort, always going to be around the quarterback and kind of compress that pocket. So to me, the defensive line was the most impressive, but really the secondary played really well. The offense was really good. I haven't even said Kyler Murray yet. Obviously, right. he played fantastic. So, you know, I, I think it was just an, an unbelievably efficient start on both sides of the ball, and I'm excited to see if the Cardinals can keep this up moving forward. Correct. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Kyler's performance? To me, 
the thing that impressed me the most was the accuracy and the quick decision making. It felt like he always kind of was progressing well with what he was doing mentally. And then the throws were just completely on point. And he's just, I mean, I can't think of anybody in NFL history who has the mobility and stop start quickness that he does. And also just this natural arm talent. So I think he's just this unicorn of a quarterback and he showed all of his tools and all of his talent in that game. And I think he's deservedly getting MVP hype already it's like it's only one game but we know the talent Kyler Murray has and if he can keep this up he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL yes and I I I thought for the first time Kyle um I was watching Kyler back at Oklahoma um Mm. with the decisiveness of course he was thrown into tighter windows um in, in this game than than he normally would in the big 12 but but man was he on point, just as you said. And I love the way the Cardinals are now moving around and having him under center, uh, that megawatt package where he fooled everyone and ran the bootleg for a wide-open TV. Um, you know, he's going to scramble around and make some plays naturally, but I like the way that they moved him around in this game, and I think that the more that they do that, uh, the more success he can have. Um, and he didn't have to run all that much. In fact, his design runs runs all got called back, um, <laughs> yeah. except the the TD. So, um, so were there any surprises for you on either side of the ball? Players you thought, oh wow, look at look at this kid. I thought. I mean, I thought Byron Murphy was going to take a step forward this year and be better. But I thought he was absolutely phenomenal in that game to the point where if he plays like that, he's one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL. And I don't think we can put him there yet, but he has the talent. And I mean, if he sticks with cornerbacks like he did with Julio Jones and AJ Brown, two really top tier wide receivers, I think that's a huge step for the Cardinals to have him there. And he is, he's got great ball skills. I know he didn't come come away with that potential pick six, but if a ball isn't tipped and it's coming right at him, he's usually going to catch those balls. So I could see a, a big year for him. And then I think, you know, we knew Rondell Moore had the speed and had the talent, but I think he really put it on display in that first game. And maybe he's not going to get 50 snaps a game. Maybe it'll be 25 to 30 for a while, but – Right. They're going to continue to scheme it and throw it to him when he's in the game. So I think he's still going to get five to seven touches a game, and it, it looks like he's going to do something with those touches. Yeah, and it was amazing that you know, first time, uh, to my knowledge, that three Cardinal receivers all scored in the 80s for PFF grades. Mm-hmm. Not bad. I mean, with Hopkins, uh, Cliff Kingsbury said he was moving like a Jedi um, or pulling Jedi moves uh, he had a couple just stunning plays in that game. And then you're right. Rondell Moore adds a speed dimension and he brings the romance back to the, 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 um, the wide receiver screen right. <laughs> that, you know, we were running with slow guys in the last couple of years or slower guys, but, uh, and then Christian Kirk, what'd you think about him? Yeah, he looked great. Some really tough catches, I think he's definitely more naturally fit in the slot. When he was outside, 
he doesn't have the height. He doesn't have the blazing speed, I don't think, to play outside and be as effective as he can be. I think he's a better slot receiver. I think it will ebb and flow with Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, and A.J. Green. I think, you know, obviously Christian Kirk isn't going to catch two touchdown passes every game. I think it'll be matchup based for those three guys, and they'll each take their their turns stepping up. Obviously, D-Hop will do it every week. But those other three are nice to have because you can really pinpoint matchups that you like and feed one of those three receivers depending on the looks you get. Sure. What what could you say about – what are your thoughts about the impact of center Rodney Hudson? Yeah, it seems like – I know the pro football focus grade wasn't high for him, um, but I think you can tell that he's already dissecting defense as well and, and knowing what's coming. He can help tell what blitzes are going on and shift protection. So I think that's important. And he's been such a solid player um, for so long that, you know, the, the PFF grade is going to go up and I'm not saying that's gospel. Maybe he did have a better game than, than they said, but there did not feel like there was much interior pressure on Kyler Murray in this game or pressure really at all. So I think the offensive line overall really did a a, a nice job. Yeah. And one thing that, PFF wouldn't know. I mean, that Kyler pointed out was some of the adjustments that Hudson made at the line of scrimmage, which also en- enabled Kyler to um, change out of some plays. Uh, and I know that Cliff Kingsbury was really happy the way Kyler um, audibled in this game and to near perfection at times. Um, but it seemed very apparent, particularly with Kyler taking snaps over center, that Kyler feels so much more confident with his, his uh, the interior of his offensive line um, to be able to do the things that he's doing. And what a, what a pickup for the Cardinals is just outstanding. Okay. So um, how would you, how do you looking ahead? How do you handicap this game coming up against the Vikings? I mean, based on, purely week one the Cardinals have the advantage um I I do think the Vikings have a a decent team they have pretty good talent on defense they've got Thielen and Jefferson and Dalvin Cook on offense um I I think the Cardinals can take advantage of Kirk Cousins because he's not mobile and if their pass rush is as strong as it was against Tennessee it could be a similar look for him so I'm right. very interested to see what the defensive line does in this game. If if they're dominant week in and week out, I think the ceiling for the Cardinals is kind of ridiculously high if, if they're that good. Right. So I, I think it'll be a, a big game. I, even though it would only be two games, if they show the same thing they did in the opener, I feel like that would be enough for me to realize that the talent level on this team is just better and you can seriously raise expectations if they do it one more time. If not, then you start to wonder, okay, was that just a really good game and it happened in week one and our expectations were too high for them. So I think it's an important game and and one I'm looking forward to because I think the Cardinals um, should win this game, but the Vikings are good enough to, to make it tough. So uh, right. Definitely interested to see the result. Yeah, um, I I'm always fascinated as a former high school coach and and player. Um, I'm always fascinated with the psychology of of teams preparing. One, you know, the Cardinals are really happy with how they performed. You know, coming off a big win versus a team who's you know stinging over a you know a, a, an overtime loss on the road. 
you know, who's going to come in hungrier. And uh, I'm hoping it's the Cardinals because I think they're, they are kind of lusting for this kind of success. And uh, we know the Vikings are going to, with, with Zimmer as head coach, are going to come in and try to, you know, punch the Cardinals in the, in the, in the mouth, um, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting game. I cer- certainly agree with you um, in the sense that if the Cardinals handle their business uh, well in this game, I think it bodes well. I think it's something, like you said, can help to raise expectations. Um, and it'll be, a, it'll be an interesting test and an emotional one with also the return of Patrick Peterson. How do you think he'll be received? Um, maybe not well. <laughs> I know some of the, the fans don't love Patrick Peterson because of the trade demand, because of some of the comments recently. Um, right. you know, I, I, I like him personally. I got to know him pretty well when I was there and we right. always, um, had a good relationship, but I know it's been kind of up and down with the, the Cardinals fans. So we'll see, but I wouldn't be shocked if there's some uh, boo birds out there for Patrick P. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. So now the elephant in the room, you wrote the article. Um, tell us what your thoughts are about Chandler Jones and what the Cardinals should do vis-a-vis a contract extension. Yeah. It's kind of a, a sticky situation because he's going to be 32 years old next season, but he just had one of the, the greatest individual performances definitely in Cardinals history and you could argue in NFL history so he showed (laughs) that he's not slowing down as of yet and I I guess the big question is how much money do you give him and I I think a two-year contract maybe have a third year on there but basically two years of guaranteed money would make sense for both sides or he plays at 32 and 33 and you still think he can play at a high level at that point and then if he's still playing at a high level for the third year, obviously they keep him and, and he, he plays out his contract. But, I mean, how much money does he want? How much money do they right. want to give him? I talked to uh, you know a PFF salary cap analyst, like you mentioned in that article, and right. his comp was Cameron Jordan at $17.5 million per year. Yep. Um, I feel like Chandler would probably want more than that at this point. Um, yep. I don't know – how you want to do it if you're the Cardinals. Obviously, Steve Kime has let guys go in their 30s in the past. Calais Campbell, I think, is a good example, a guy who they weren't that interested in re-signing, and he he went to the Jaguars and played pretty well. So yes. it, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky situation, and I think there's the fan element of it too where the fans are – if he plays well, they're going to be unhappy if, if he doesn't get re-signed. And I know you can't think about that too much, but – there's the fans, and then there's the locker room saying, hey, this guy is playing really well for us. Shouldn't we keep him and, and pay the guys and be loyal to the ones that are our stars and, and represent the organization in a good way? So I, I think, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. I think with Steve right. Kimes' track record, with how much they'd have to pay him, I could see him wanting to go a different direction. But if he continues to play this well, and the demands aren't too high, then I think they could extend him too. So I'm definitely interested to see what happens, but I think that just added another wrinkle to it. The fact that he puts up this five-sack game in his first game back off of injury, letting everybody know I'm far from done. Yeah. I mean, you were close to the situation. You were in the building, and 
What do you think happened to him last year? I mean, he looked on, you know, this in week one this year, he looked like the Chandler Jones of old last year. He, he didn't look anything like he did in, in, you know, versus Tennessee for four and a half games. What do you think was going on? Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's hard to know if it was just a slow start and he would have, you know, gotten it going or if it, obviously we're in the middle of all the, the COVID situation where right. that throws off a lot of patterns and, and regular, you know, routines. So it, having that small of a, a sample size, I mean, he could have came out in week six and seven and, and gotten three or four sacks and then he would have been, you know, back on track. So sure. it's, it's kind sure. of interesting that he got hurt and didn't have any big numbers. And I'm sure that's why the Cardinals were reticent to pay him because they weren't sure if he was going to get back to the guy he was prior. Um, right. But obviously it seems like he's back to that, that status. Right. So um, if you were Steve Kime, would you want to get a deal done sooner than later? Or do you wait to see how the season plays out um, and to, to make sure that Chandler's having a productive year and is healthy? I think if you're Steve Kime, you certainly do not want to pay him after this game because you're yeah. you're buying as high as you possibly could. But on the flip side, what if Chandler Jones and his representatives say, hey, we need to make a deal right now or else we're going to just go into free agency because both sides you know, have some leverage right now. The Cardinals can, can offer him the guaranteed money and give him a big signing bonus. But also every week you get closer to free agency makes Chandler Jones less willing to sign a contract that he's not comfortable with. So the Cardinals right. might want to wait and – you know, if you're 10 games into the season and he's having a fantastic year, you'll want to pay him. But at that point, Chandler Jones might say, no, I'm going to go to free agency and I'm going to get 32 offers instead of just the one from the Cardinals. So I think if if the if Chandler Jones's camp gives him a deadline or says something where, hey, we, we need to get an extension done by this day or we're going to stop talking, then that could change things. So I, I think having that type of performance really gives Chandler Jones some negotiating leverage. Sure. Now the one wild card in this scenario um, could be Dennis Gardick because, you know, when he comes back, what if he picks up where he left, where he left off last year and now you're going to have to pay him. Um, could you envision a scenario where the Cardinals say, and I, I had a feeling, I don't know if you did, but I had a feeling that one of the reasons why they let another five sack a game for one game guy go in, in Reddick last year was the emergence of Gardeck as an edge rusher um, and the dy dynamic element he brings to that, you know, to, to that rush in terms of speed and power. So, um, if Gardeck comes back and he's suddenly picking up where he left off, could that be a scenario where the Cardinals once again say, well, we'll go younger and stick with Gardeck and pay him and maybe let Chandler go? I, I think Chandler is just so much of a prototypical edge rusher and he has such production over so many years that I think he clearly is the priority there and, Right. Dennis Gardeck had obviously a fantastic season last year, but he's still undersized. 
I don't know if he could play outside linebacker full time and, and stop the run on those rushing downs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. I mean, I think Dennis Gardeck would have a nice role and you're right. If he plays well again, somebody's going to give him a decent contract, but I don't think he's quite in that vicinity of Chandler Jones where sure. this guy is an all pro and, and, and Dennis Gardeck would really have to come in and, and play as well as he did last year, really, to, to kind yeah. of get in that conversation. Well, it sure would be nice to retain both of them moving forward because, um, boy, this defense is starting to emerge. Uh, as a final thought, what do you, what do you see? Uh, what are your thoughts about Vance Joseph and what, the improvements he's shown? Yeah, I think if you look back at last year, he deserves a ton of credit for getting them into – the top 10 of football outsiders DVOA defensively. And, you know, there were still some holes last season, especially after Chandler went down. And I think the schematics that Vance Joseph did really helped them. And now for the first time in Arizona, he's got all of this talent across the board. So I think it's going to be fun to watch him. He's got a lot of different um, avenues available to him. He can blitz or if he just wants to rush four and sit seven back, those front four have shown they can get pressure. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. And, uh, I mean, if he has another really good season, maybe the head coaching, you know, rumors and buzz start getting back because I thought he was great last year. If they have a top five defense this year, all of a sudden maybe he becomes a hot candidate to become a head coach. Right. So thank you so much for coming on today. I know it means a lot to the Cardinal fans. Um, to hear your perspectives we we miss you um as a you know beat writer for the cardinals um want to want to leave the fans with a, some parting words yeah I, I think um they should definitely be excited about where the cardinals are going and you know I, I i put them number 10 in my power rankings which people didn't like but i i just wanted to see a little bit more it was nothing about what they did in week one i think if you're a fan, you have to be absolutely over the moon with what the Cardinals look like that first week. So I think if they stack a couple more, I think 3-0 is a distinct possibility as they get into the harder part of their schedule. And if they got to, if they get to that point and look that good, I think you know the Valley is going to be very excited about what's going on here, and, and it should be a, a pretty fun season. So one final question. When you have the game set up on TV and the red zone on your laptop, what are the uh, what are your the your beverages and food items of choice? I'm <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not uh I'm not drinking beer yet. I'm trying to quasi work. Yeah. Um, so just. <laughs> coca-colas and kind of right. depends on the day for the food i'm a big mexican food fan so i think i had a burrito uh last weekend but i'm sure week by week i'll i'll shift it depending on what i'm feeling that week <laughs> <laughs> well whatever you were drinking and eating last week would you please keep it up <laughs> yeah really <laughs> that was a, such a great great game and uh, hey thanks as always and we'd love to have you back occasionally uh when you when your schedule permits it have another great week at Compare.Bet. And um, thanks again, Kyle. Yeah, not a problem. Thanks, Walter. All right, take care. All right, so uh, so great to have Kyle on. And um, and uh, like I said, I mean, I know personally 
his articles were the first ones I wanted to read um, each week. And, um, and so I really miss that, but it was great just to, to read his article yesterday on January Taylor Jones. If you haven't seen it, um, I featured it on a, uh, an article at Revenge of the Birds called uh, Ch Chandler Jones's Market Value, wherein I'm asking all the fans to, to come up with a figure, years, um, salary, and guaranteed money, of what, you, what you would want to see the Cardinals do um, with Chandler Jones, be it as soon as possible or towards the end of the season or at the end of the season. I mean, the Cardinals do have a franchise tag option, um, in their pocket, that that's not what the player typically wants, nor the team typically wants, because I think the 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 franchise tag on edge rushers next year is twenty four point seven million. Um, ouch! <laughs> I mean, that's ooh, that's way up there. Um, that's top five money, you know, which is what those figures are based on. So, um, but. Uh, that's that's going to be an interesting uh, development moving forward to see uh, how how Chandler continues to to um, to raise the bar, so to speak, on his market value at, at age thirty one. He's going to be thirty two next year. He looks in great great health right now. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, I, there were times looking at him rushing that edge. I mean, he looked like you know secretariat. I mean just physically so imposing um, uh, on that edge. And boy, oh boy, the way he gets after it with his, you know, helicopter arms and legs flying every which way. And all he needs is a crease and then boom, he's turning that corner. I love too the, um, the Tex um, tackle and exchange um, stunt that he and Zach Allen performed to perfection where, Allen from the inside took an outside loop and Chandler cut off of his insides to the in to the inside. Um, so that's that X, the tackle um, and exchange. And uh, uh, Allen was able to affect uh, Tannehill from the back end of the pocket and to push him inside to into the waiting arms of Chandler Jones for, and I think that was Jones's fifth sack of the day. And, and, and the fumble that uh, Marcus Golden, you see Marcus Golden go after that fumble. Unbelievable. It's just so awesome. The way the Cardinals are, are just getting after the football is, is so impressive. It is very exciting. And I, I sure hope the Cardinals are able to keep this momentum moving um, against, particularly against a Vikings team that many people, including PFF, have predicted will be a top 10 team this year. Uh, I, I was kind of, um, I don't know. I was, wasn't sure whether that would be the case, uh, myself. It was kind of surprising to me. Um, even, uh, the ES ESPN guys had, uh, the Vikings rated real, very highly. So this is, but they're talented on both sides. Uh, week, week one games probably shouldn't fool anybody. I mean, anything can happen. You know, but uh, this will be a, a very um, stern test for the Cardinals coming off a win where I'm sure they're feeling good about themselves. They have to get back to being humble. They got to got to be as hungry or more um, than any team they play this year every week. And 
be fascinating to see. It's going to be fascinating to see the Red Sea rising up in this game and um, the electricity that could, you know, the, that the building can hold in this one might be through the roof, pun intended. So I hope you enjoy the game. We'll talk about it on, on Red Rain um, and the Red Rain follow-up on Monday mornings that Kyle um, and I produced. So um, looking forward to that. Hey, enjoy the week, Cardinal fans, and I'll let the Red Rain fall down on you into a red, red sea. Red Rain. <laughs>